Welcome to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business, technology, culture, and process. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to chat about their experience and insight into being bionic and leading the way in the ever-changing industry of print. And today, I'm really pleased to be joined by a, a few people today, actually. So I'm joined by Roger Blake, uh, who's the Group Financial Controller for H&H Group. Also joined by Anthony Donnelly, who's the Commercial Manager for H&H Reads. Uh, and also Diago Cavazzini from Paperless Europe, who's the product and marketing director. And the topic for today that we wanted to talk about was a, a recent integration project, actually, between uh, Tharston and Paperless Europe, working with H&H, to help automate some areas of the finance function um, for purchase invoicing and purchase invoice receipting and how how that works. And we thought this is a really good example of, a, of an area of, of using technology, process and culture and people to put a, an integration and automation project in place. So thank you for joining me all today, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you, hey, Ross. Good to be here. Good stuff. So maybe first of all, we can start with a few introductions. Perhaps, Roger, first of all, could you tell us a little bit about H&H Group for those people that don't know about them and yourself and what your role is? Yeah, of course. So I'm Roger. I'm the Group Financial Controller at H&H Group uh, based here in Carlisle. The group is, say, a group of companies based in, in Carlisle, but operating throughout Cumbria, north of England and, and southern Scotland. We have a heritage dating back to the 1870s, wow. uh, primarily as farm, farm stock auctioneers, and that's still very much a core part of our business. Yeah. Uh, since then, though, we have diversified, now employ approximately 300 people, uh, and the family includes uh, land agents, charter surveyors, estate agencies, uh, insurance brokers, and of course, H&H Reads, in addition to the House in Hetherington auctioneering business. Yeah. Fantastic. Quite a diverse range then in the business. Absolutely, yeah. Still very much tied to or primarily tied to, to the rural economy and the rural sector mm. that and, and the rural landscape that we find ourselves in here in primarily in the north of England. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so um leading on from there then, Anthony, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about H and H Reads and where they fit in with the H and H group and, and a bit about yourself as well. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm the commercial manager at H and H Reads. We're primarily based in Penrith with an office in Carlisle, traditionally a commercial printer mm -hmm. uh, for the last 143 years. Um, uh, joined the H&H &H group 10 years ago, just over 10 years say, ago. You don't, work, you don't work out like you've been there for 143 years, Anthony. <laughs> no, I, I, I came in in the second wave of recruitment. <laughs> As I say, primarily a commercial printer originally, but uh, now also a, a sign wide format manufacturer and uh, we also recently acquired a digital business so we are in the realms of um, web design web building uh, seo content management etc etc so um we're, we're quite a diverse little group ourselves within the diverse group that is h and h group yeah fantastic and then finally perhaps Thiago, you could tell us a little bit about paperless europe and your role and 
Well, Paperless started uh, in, uh, it's an origin company, we started in Norway and then uh, we don't go as far back as H&H Group because since we are a software company, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that 200 years ago <laughs> there would be that many software companies, yeah. but we started in the 90s, okay, uh, in Norway and since then we have been growing uh, throughout uh, Europe, so with integrations with uh, different accounting softwares in different countries throughout Europe. Norway, Sweden, uh, Netherlands, Malta, uh, UK and uh, and Ireland. In the UK, we integrate with uh, Sage 50 and Sage uh, and Sage 200, yeah. and uh, and now also with Parson. From my side, I work mostly. My main responsibilities are related to the promotion of the software, all the marketing side and the, yeah. the marketing strategy especially uh, focusing on uh, in the UK and Ireland, which are markets where the potential for where companies are not so yet digital as uh, in some other countries in Europe. So there's still uh, lots of potential to to grow. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay, so um, let's start from the beginning then. So Roger, maybe you could help us with this one. Where did this all begin? What was the trigger point for for this project? For taking, you know, that that process in finance and 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 wanting to to automate it. Where did that start from? It probably well, it did start prior to myself. Really, the original concept, original ideas, and original drive was by my predecessor approximately ten years ago. Oh wow, yeah. And at that stage, an assessment was done. It was certainly a a desire you know or something that was out there in the marketplace and a proposal I understand a proposal was put forward but the benefits maybe maybe seven years ago something like that seven to eight years ago were not as clear as what they are today yeah and certainly previous people viewed it maybe slightly differently than the current current um, chief executive and, and myself yeah. and as such it was a non-starter at that stage there was no real cost savings identified at that stage and they just saw it as an investment that they didn't want to make at that point roll on a few years and i've arrived maybe with slightly different views different thought processes Mm -hmm. and also we've had a change of change of chief executive and that's allowed us to put the project back on the table should we say from our perspective yeah Uh, and i've said you know we spend an awful lot of time doing very relatively mundane tasks so say we put together a pack we researched it thoroughly I got the key people involved. I'm very much a, a team leader rather than a sole driver, if you like, of the project. Yeah. I wanted my my staff who were going to be using it maybe more than I do on a day-to-day basis to be fully involved and fully fully part of the assessment process to which software we would we would choose, should we say. Yeah. And, and do you think there's an element of new technology becoming available or, or you know, uh, options becoming available, a bit like, you know, paperless Europe and things that has made that project more achievable? Compared to maybe looking at it seven, you know, seven, eight years ago, where the landscape might have been a bit different in terms of it's a great vision, but what was yeah, I mean, were all the tools there to be able to support that vision? Yeah, the say the landscape was different, the market was slightly different, the technology maybe Mm -hmm. was in stage two, should we say, rather than stage three or four, which we're in now. I probably should add we as a group were different ten years ago than we are now. We've got different companies on board doing different volume of work. Uh, change in mindset, basically. In the, I think it's also a learning process, and the, 
once other companies see the results achieved by companies that uh, implement this type of solutions and uh, uh, and word of mouth plays a, an important role here because that's yeah. what gives I think people tend to feel comfortable with what they are used to and the processes that are used to and that changing them involves always some uh, some pain and some uh, being a bit afraid of the unknown and uh, if that will work for us or not and then once you have more companies adopting the software it becomes uh, people feel more comfortable and confident if that if that company managed to why not so we also noticed that over the years and we started in the uk approximately 10 years ago we noticed that there was quite a, a shift in the market and an increase in demand but i think it's also a, a cultural change also because the people that are working nowadays are uh, also more prone to the use of technology than they were in the past they are more used to the to technology so i think all that makes also a, a difference when it comes to to change basically uh, like age and age as they're embraced change i'm uh, just going to mention that <laughs> yeah one of the change and chief executive has changed our definitely changed our culture in in this business over the last what four years or so such that we now have you know some of these key slogans written on the walls all, all around the group um your, one of which values. is probably key today yeah, yeah our values and and our culture yeah. and things one of those is written on the wall behind me albeit i think it's backward in the camera so yeah. for the benefit of, of, of people listening sat behind on the wall behind um uh roger and anthony are your are the hnh group's values and and which i think are great and that is a, a key part of identifying your culture of the business isn't it and, and one of the key ones there that i can see right across is uh, embrace change as well as Honesty, passion, pride, individuality, fun, share, share, yeah, trust. trust. Yeah, we've, we've talked about this in, in, in another um, podcast, actually, where we, we talked about employee engagement and things. And I think that having them values really does help everyone within the organisation to, to know how to operate and, and to make and be able to make decisions about about what to do and, you know, what's expected and stuff. So I think it, it really is important to have that. And um, the embrace change is something that you clearly not only talk about, but actually act upon. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, this project, yeah, this is quite, for some people who've been working in purchase ledger for you know, 20 years or so, and throughout that time, the process was, should we say, very manual, very paper driven. Yeah, this is a cha big change for them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think something for me as well is um, it just seems to be that I've noticed more recently that that, that there's more businesses that are looking to, to where can they streamline finance. It's almost like it's like the last department I mean, and finance often is at the end of the, the process for a lot of things. But you have to tidy it all up, I guess, at the end and make it up, make it all work. But, but it just seems to be from the companies that I've, I've engaged with that it's always been about automating production in, you know, within the world of print and, and packaging and stuff. It's about automating production, then about how can we automate some of the administration process, like estimating and order entry and, and uh, job tracking and all these other things. And it's always been kind of like the finance part that is just left to be and, and it just seems like there's a bit of a surge now um, and whether that is because the technology is available um, whether it's because 
innovative companies like yourselves, like Giardo was saying there, you always need it's that, that the first few businesses that do it are the innovators, they have the vision and, and then they somehow make it work and then then you start to get some word of mouth on that or you know people hear about what another business has done and then you get the early adopters who, who want to then embrace that as well and then it becomes more become wider then and why up because more people have got confident about it they can see it working they can see the benefits whereas one of the the clear things you identified there was that for h and h in the past it was difficult to to see what them tangible benefits are going to be what are them cost savings going to be and sometimes you don't always have that visibility when you're embarking on a project uh, and the the benefits can be a bit softer you know not as di- they're not direct cost savings but maybe it's about freeing up resource and, and utilizing that resource for something else it's not a cost saving you're not taking bums off seats and and, and i know for tharson in particular we're we're never about that we're, we're always about actually how we yeah how you can do more with the same you know how can we systemize the business so that you can support and sustain growth without necessarily having to take lots of extra people on but it's about how can we use technology and people combined to make this work and, and this is a real example i think of of that of this where you've this this project wouldn't have worked if you if you didn't have the right people and and, and the right mindset and the right culture and and the right technology combined would you agree would absolutely i mean the people are uh, yeah are the primary importance to this really without the people without the people talking yeah. to each other whether it be tharson's talking to paperless whether it be myself talking to either of you whether it be the rest of the team talking to me or talking to you it's very much yeah people driven in that the previous process was very yes we'd say mundane and repetitive and yeah I mean, talk, tell us about what, that roger what, what, when you arrived at h and h how was all this being done yeah okay so it was very wasn't paperless we're saying in any way or, or shape or form it was heavily into paper yeah. and files lots of files a whole effectively wall, wall full of them i mean the process was Simply the invoice would arrive here, it would then be logged, so we'd try and keep track of it. Yeah. But then it would be uh, photocopied uh, and sent out for approval. Now that sounds relatively simple in its process, but some of our invoices are shared because we're a group of companies, some invoices may be shared across five or six different locations. Right, so wow. it'd be photocopied five or six different times and then posted out by the, you know, by the postal system, mainly where, unless they were based here in Carlisle in the same building. Yeah. And then I say it's very tedious and time consuming process, both in that bit, but also then keeping track of, right, I've sent it out to five people, so I need to get five copies back. Have we got five? Oh no, we've only got four. How, then you've got to, you know, and then the chasing is is a manual process, whether it be a phone call, an email or whatever, it, whether it's still a, there's no automation in there, whatever, you've got to think about it and do it. And How long would it take you to put an average approval process of like an invoice that would need to be approved by five people being sent on post <laughs> back and forth? To, I it would that... easily take three weeks. Yeah. By the time it's been here, processed, <laughs> yeah. sent out, sat on someone else's desk for a bit. If, if it arrives basically back and the no none of the copies get uh, gets lost or someone That's, forgets yeah, absolutely. to goes under the desk or uh, uh, well because that happens uh, many well, times yeah so. some people would have 
they might have 50 invoices to approve a week, which doesn't sound a lot. But if you only send them out once a week, that's 50 bits of paper landing on someone's desk at once. When that yes. happens, you just look at them, and you think, oh, I'm not doing that today. I'll leave that till tomorrow. And that tomorrow might be, you know, then a week's gone past. And, the, and then the Get immediate the downside of it is we are then less reactive and less responsive to our suppliers. We don't pay them quite as quick as we maybe should or want to because you know, until it's approved, yeah. we don't know, you know, we can't pay an invoice without, we don't know whether someone's requested that, whether it's, you know, whether it's a spurious invoice or whether it's, like any company, you have the invoices be... approved, right? So it's uh, that's part of the 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 process in most accounts payable teams is that you don't pay the all invoices that arrive. No, you need to know if that was uh, purchased or not, and uh, if that uh, that purchase was approved. No, because if not, there will be absolutely absolutely no no control. No, is that yeah? Yeah, our individual teams spread out geographically have got some extent autonomy of what they order and when they order it and you know they're assessed on that finance yep. function in its entirety oh. so we need approval from people who made the original purchase that that's what they expected Which is to cost and they got the service or product that they ordered so yeah yeah say the problems are we fail to get things back or we lose track of them and yeah the chasing is time consuming and yeah, and coordinated probably. So it's a very anyway. timely process, a very labour-intensive process by the sounds of it, and and I, and I guess that meant from a, a reporting and forecasting and visibility point of view, that made that quite difficult to do as well. Yeah, we were working too far behind almost. Yeah, really, yeah. because yeah, because of the approval process being lengthened and the initial recording of the invoice would you know it doesn't flow through to the full reporting until it was until it was approved in the old system. Mm. So. We didn't have visibility of what the true costs were until maybe three weeks after. You know, yeah, a bit too late in some some instances. Like this is amplified for for you for H and H because you're a group, and so you've got different locations and things like that. But even if you were kind of one one business, one site, that process is going to be very likely for a lot of other businesses the same, isn't it? Of like, here's a manual invoice that gets passed around that needs signing off, that needs approving. And it is generally and, and traditionally quite a, a manual and timely and labour intensive process. Yeah, in in, you know, in previous jobs, it's been yeah very similar. It's whether it's been one site or multiple sites, it's still the same process. Yeah, probably just slightly exaggerated here because of our diverse range and geographical locations. Our experience: any company needing uh, to have invoices approved, if you have paper or emails going around, it creates a mess. It's uh, unless it's one invoice every now and then. But when we start talking about uh, already some volumes, people tend to uh, to leave that uh, to when you see a big pile of uh, paper to approve, you tend to keep uh, postponing it. It's difficult yeah. to know what happens to the, because it's not just about getting the invoices approved. It's about knowing what you have out there for approval and getting to know that uh, easily and fast. So, and also about automating the approval process because if you use software, okay, uh, the goal is also to automate that process so that the accounts person doesn't need, need to know okay, this invoice needs to be approved by that person. No, if you have an automation process, for example, based on approval per department or cost center or project, okay, you can have the system automatically routing the invoices to the, to the people that have approved without the accounts person 
having to to spend time on uh, on uh, on doing that which yeah. also here the goal was uh, has always been to and that's also why we are in business to save time in everything that is related to invoice processing because agent age probably i think you also spend quite a lot of time inputting data into sage keying in invoice data right roger uh, well, absolutely, we used to. Yeah, it's less so now because of paperless. But yeah, absolutely, it was all Sages in the background has been for years. And whilst it's tried and tested, it doesn't have the paperless function, hence where we are today. But yeah, people invoicing, uh, sorry, inputting data into Sage has reduced now, certainly. Woefully significantly. And the goal is that uh, it's about automating the process by capturing the data automatically okay automating the the approval processes increasing also the data accuracy levels because you're not so prone to errors when you're using a, a software but it's also about and that we discussed about uh, human capital and keeping people in your company feeling that they are uh, when you have someone just spending their days in putting data into an accounting system i don't think it's possible to feel very excited about the work or about the it's like uh, we are not machines we need to have uh, to feel that our cap uh, capabilities are being uh, exploited to the to the max and to have a creative also I think, yeah, side challenge i think sometimes don't we to master it so that we can we can um you know we, we, we can prove to ourselves that we can do things and we are capable of doing things i think you're absolutely right the audio because ch creating challenges and uh, making people feel that, uh, okay, my knowledge is being uh, used for, uh, it's important for the company and it's not like, uh, I'm not uh, seen as a robot that spends the entire day keying in data into Sage or archiving invoices. Nowadays, companies that, uh, that can easily change the, in the past when you didn't have the, document management solutions that would allow us uh, would allow you to automate that process of course companies would need to have that type of people allocated to those tasks nowadays if that can be automated again we spoke the human capital is the most important and those people can be then allocated to tasks that cannot be performed by document management or by an automation software which is to analyze discrepancies, analyze when things go wrong, for example, and uh, and find a solution to the to the problems that uh, that they encounter, which I think also uh, probably makes people feel happier in their jobs and feel uh, uh, more challenged on a daily basis, which is also key to retain human resources and to have a team happy with the with what they are doing. And I think actually as well. More so, you know, we know that the printing and packaging industry does suffer from being able to attract new talent into the into organisations, uh, you know, younger generations and technology, you know, culture plays a key part in that to, to be, because people want to be able to feel like they can identify with the, the business. Sometimes more important that their values are aligned and uh, then than sometimes than the pay, but also using technology that, that you know that the younger generations are more technology driven mm -hmm. and, and kind of have an expectation of there's a utilization of technology that does cool clever things then that frees them up as well to do more value-based things as well doesn't it so 
That's uh, I think it's the the main goal is to uh, you're paying for a resource, so the cost of uh, of uh, an employee needs to be maximized, and uh, tasks that can be automated. You shouldn't have allocate or have pers- people allocated to those tasks because yeah. in the end you're paying a lot more uh, because you'll need to be paying the resources to be allocated to those manual tasks that yeah. do not take so much uh, knowledge. But uh, And then you need to hire more people to deal with those discrepancies and all that. And the goal here is to, for companies to make a shift and to maximize the resources that they currently currently have. At least that's our view and that's also why we are in, um, how we are in the market. We are not here to replace uh, human resources. We are here to allow companies to allocate their resources to what they can do the best, which is to deal with problems and things that cannot be automated. I was say, absolutely. Yeah. Our drive for paperless was never about saving costs, um, although we knew there'd be some, especially in our instances, with less postage and printing of things. They were the only cost savings that we really identified. Our drivers were more about automating what could be automated and allowing or freeing up the staff to do more beneficial tasks for us as a as a business, whether that be hearing group, which is primarily you know investigating anom- anomalies, but also allowing them to develop their you know new skills. Um, and expand their roles into yeah. areas that maybe we didn't offer before. Um, yeah, yeah sure. so it's very much free up resources. So driver was our was our paperless driver. And I think the results achieved in an initial stage were good because then that's where the integration with uh, with Tarston uh, uh, when we started discussing that because uh, you decided to expand the use of uh, to expand the use of paperless to other areas of the groups. Yeah, that would be right. I mean, it was, it was very much a two, two-phase two project for us um, mm-hmm. with the, should we say, the non-production side of the group um, going on to paperless first. We could then get used to paperless and the, and the interaction with paperless and Sage and our change in working practice. That could all be ironed out on what is arguably a simpler arrangement, i.e. You know, no production to worry about, no purchase orders to worry about. Mm. Um, Get all that sorted, and then yeah, phase two is very much the bringing reads on board. Yeah, we could see the benefits, and had obviously had already had the benefits from yeah. moving that one purchase ledger on paperless, and then said right, let's we're comfortable that's working how we want it to work. Let's move on to phase two, which was the read section. Yeah, with its inevitably added complications, but I think it's worked pretty well between paperless and Tharston to get yeah you know, the links working and and the change in process for, from Reed's perspective as well. And it was a good opportunity for both companies, if Ross uh, agrees, yeah. because uh, yeah. uh, maybe if it wasn't for uh, Age and Age, we wouldn't have been, uh, we wouldn't have started working with uh, Tarsten, at least not at uh, this uh, this initial stage. No one knows what, uh, it, it's, a possi- it's a possibility, but the fact is that uh, we created a, an integration, and for the people that are uh, listening to to us, just to give you an overview of just what are the core features of Paperless, which is automatic invoice recognition to automate invoice data capture processes, online invoice approval, okay, and also automatically uh, attaching of invoices to such transactions. So the goal here is to save time with 
uh, not having to spend time on manually keying in accounting data, which is a process that can be automated, yeah. save automate approval processes and gain control over approval processes and also allow companies to not have to spend time on manually archiving invoices, but even more on retrieving invoices. When you deal with large volumes of invoices, one of the most time-consuming tasks in any accounts department is when you need to look for an invoice and you need to go, uh, we mentioned we have customers that have warehouses with invoices. Now imagine what is to look for one invoice inside an warehouse. Even if your organization method is very good, it's time consuming and uh, and prone to errors. This way, you have everything directly attached to the transactions. But the integration with Tarsten took this uh, one step further, right? Because since Tarsten has the PO, the purchase order module, which Agent Edge Group uses, what this means is that customers have uh, Agent H, for example, as their supplier sending the invoices via email. Paperless company inbox receives the emails, okay? Captures the invoice date automatically. And since with Tarsen, uh, there's uh, the PO, the purchase order, paperless integration with Tarsen can check if the invoice amount matches the purchase order amount. And if it matches, Tarsen will then do their magic on their side and close off the PO, post the transactions to Sage, right, Ross? And at the same time, Paperless attaches the document to the corresponding transactions that Tarsten is creating. This means that if 60% of your invoices or 70% match the PO in Tarsten, it's, uh, your accounts team will only need to be looking, what, to 30 or 40% of the invoices that usually they would need to be analyzing and uh, and going through. And uh, that's where both both companies saw the potential here is to achieve uh, full automation. It's a, I think it's a good opportunity here for both companies, for both Paperless and Tarsten to, to be working together to allow other companies also to, to achieve this. Yeah. Definitely, and, and I think you know, and um, I, I know certainly for for a lot of our Tarston listeners out there that our experience is Sage is a probably the ubiquitous accounts package that a lot of people use. So to to have a, a solution that will work with Sage and work with Tarston is going to be really powerful. Uh, Anthony, perhaps you could tell us about it got rolled out to the H and H group. Then that then the next stage was within H and H reads. How was that experience? How did that you know? What were things like before? How did that change things? How did it how did it go from a, an implementation point of view? So um, the, the main benefit for me was that I, I didn't see any any difference, any real struggle between my team and group um, that, that, that was seamless. So we'd always had a a good um, good setup with with Sage and Tharston being linked, and, and as you say, being yeah. a well established link. So. The fact that we didn't see any disturbance in that was great for me. With a, with a yeah. small team and and um, want to maximise the the the, um, the the staff uh, time to not be messing up, uh, clearing up messes. And um, one of the things it did focus after a little while was um, uh, I think we thought we were very good at purchasing, and like a lot of printers, we probably are very good at purchasing paper, um, but everything else we weren't so great at. Uh, purchase orders matching and and um, 
Roger mentioned earlier, it, it could take you know three, four weeks to get invoices signed off and done, and, and we'll have played our part within the group of that because we've we've sent off a purchase order to a to an outworker just saying perfect buying this. It's more like a job instruction rather Absolutely. than a, a, a purchase order of this is what we want you to do and this is how much it should be. Very, very much so. So now um, our purchasing function within within Reeds itself is is far more uh, focused. Uh, we've got a far better grip on what we're actually buying, what we're paying yeah. for it, uh, how that's that's um, changing. Especially as we all know with the materials at the moment, that's that's changing hourly, Quite daily, weekly. Yeah, very challenging, challenging environment at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> And it's also given us uh, in our signage department, which is, has been our biggest growth area for the over the last two years. It's given us real control over what we do, um, over the job costing, over understanding um, what our value added is across across that business and the like. Because we've been able to look at what we're purchasing and know in advance what we're going to be paying for it. Because we've had to focus our attention on, on creating a purchase order and being aware of what we're spending. So it's 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 had quite a. Um, we, we talked earlier about the the automation and freeing up people to do what they should be doing, yeah. and that's been our biggest our biggest benefit. The people that are purchasing are doing it properly, but they've got the time to go and do their proper job, spend a bit of time on an estimate, make sure that we're we're talking to a client. Uh, whereas previously we we did a lot of um, I refer to it as wicket keeping. We just send a purchase order out and then we'll sort it out later. And uh, now it's not, it's, it's it's sorted, it's done, and it'll just fly through the system. We don't need to worry about it because we've yeah. done it once and we've done it right first time. Exactly. So you're not having to, effectively, in in the old way, you you were you were double handling, weren't you? Because you were quickly getting that purchase order out there so you could get get the job going and, and get it processed. But then you're then having to come back to it retrospectively and then start remembering what was agreed, what wasn't agreed. Absolutely. That, that sort of thing, yeah. Okay. You were doing the job twice. Basically. Yes. This Which integration is, uh, has really identified where those not failings were, but less than perfect actions, should we say, were in originally originating from. And there is always room for improvement. That's also what uh, what you are saying. Even after once you start automating, then there's always uh, room to to analyze where are our weak spots because we all uh, have uh, weaknesses. And uh, and the goal for any companies to to improve it uh, to improve those uh, weaknesses and uh, and make the the accounts function in this case which is where we're focusing on better every day. Certainly, from Reed's point of view, we we've, we've been able to focus on the ownership of purchasing. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, we know exactly who we who is making the purchases, where they're making them from, and we know that we're we're agreeing prices in advance. I, I dread to think how we might have been given material prices across paper and, and substrates in wide format at the moment, just from an estimating point of view, uh, if we hadn't sort of got a better grip on this. And that's not to say we were poor at it before, but as you said, there was there was room for improvement. And, and yeah. Absolutely, Ross. And we, we, we've, made, we've taken those. And I think what I love about this is, um, I mean, I I'm really passionate about about systemization within a business and how it's really important to systemize your business to free up resource um to 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 allow you to you know to grow as a business but also to you know for owners and and leadership 
teams as well to, to be able to be more strategic and rather than be in the business work on the business is, is a key thing that I always like to talk to customers about and you can see here a very clear impact that this automation has brought about for that automation to work it's meant that a process has to happen you know that that system you've had to systemize and say okay for this to work efficiently we need to deal with the pro the purchases at the beginning and we need to deal with them correctly and and, and so it's kind of the process have had to be a lot clearer for people but then it, it looks like everybody's then seen so they've seen the impact that that has on on the workflow further downstream that if you don't do it correctly then it, it will just come back to bite you anyway and where it causes delays further down in the workflow but through doing this process what i'm hearing is you you've freed up people's time to focus on the more important things like you know really concentrating on the estimates and getting deep into in, into the estimating process but you've also then it sounds like you're also purchasing more intelligently as well you know and you've improved them process which in, in this current climate as well where things are ever changing and material availability is is, is you know scarce in, in some areas and material prices are changing a lot that that, that must be really helping you to kind of manage that and and keep pace with the that ever-changing environment would you say absolutely as, as you mentioned the the material uh, situation that we find ourselves in is, is mm. um it, it's unique uh, definitely in my during my career we've we've been able to manage part of that because we're focused and we have a process that we trust and that we can run with which allows us to, to spend a little bit more time speaking to a supplier or shopping around if we need to, or, or just, just making sure that the right people are doing the right thing in, internally. And, and that's, whereas previously what would have happened was we would have made a, a call, we would, have, we would have gone out and bought well, but we'd have had to do the job again later on because the purchase order wasn't right, or the, the, you know, something, as you say, further down the workflow has fallen down. I guess the key part as well, this probably uh, is more appealing for, for Roger and his team, is that you've got visibility, haven't you, of what your exposure is potentially going to be, you know, your financial commitments is going to be, but then for, which is important for any business, but then for, for everyone at the, the, um, the team at Reeds, that also gives you visibility of what you are expecting. And if, if that doesn't become available for some reason, then what you need to do to address that. And it, it's ultimately going to help you with your when you're estimating to get your estimating more more precise because because you've spent the time to identify what the purchasing cost is potentially going to be for that that work that needs doing all that material. So and then it's only going to benefit you further downstream when you you do that estimate versus actuals analysis to see well yeah actually, yeah as I say, we've probably been guilty in the years gone past of doing a job and then at the end of it going where well, did we make any money on that whereas now they know what margin they're going to make pretty much before yeah. the job started a definite improvement yeah. in processes and, and, and procedures and that was probably more on the side you know the, more on the signage side than the print side yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that, that's fair we, we were um as we mentioned earlier 140 years worth of experience of dealing with the print so so we yeah we knew what we were doing there cool. the signage is um has been a major project for us over the last two two and a half years and we've we've um we've had to focus on introducing procedures and and um good purchasing 
ideas and and just the the whole idea of job costing was was effectively new to them. So it was um it's it's been a quite a journey and it's it's helped us turn turn that into a really expansive part of our business. Yeah, and without doubt, this link up with Paperless has assisted that. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And just going a bit back to the beginning and what you were saying about the creation of the POs and that things nowadays are more, uh, they are created from the beginning as they should be. That's a learning curve for our customers also, is that we always tell them, if you want automation, there must be procedures in place. A software only performs as well as it need there needs to be a logic behind what you are doing it's not like an accounts person that uh, receives the invoice it doesn't match the po and the accounts person can go and check okay what no if it doesn't if it, if you create it uh, from the beginning as it should you'll be saving a lot more uh, work further down the line because to automate you need to have uh, clear processes in place and to raise uh, each step of the process should be be made in the in a correct manner okay like raising the po giving the goods as as received which is also uh, something that is important for companies that need to that uh, that need to give goods as received so that once at the fi uh, final and paperless deals mostly with the final stage of the process, which is when you receive the invoices. But that's also a learning curve that I think most companies go through. But that I think H and H can uh, can tell us it's not that painful, and I think it also it's quite straightforward. It's just a matter of uh, telling people that okay, what we agreed the procedure would be. When we implemented, for example, Tarsten for the purchase orders, is to really be followed. So you need to raise them correctly. A large part for us, and, and Roger touched on it earlier uh, about getting the buy-in of the staff, the people who are using it. So we did the same at, at Reeds. It was went to the people that raised the purchase orders, do the estimates, rather than myself sat there saying this is what the procedure will be. So the immediate buy-in from the staff is is speeded up the process immeasurably. Yeah, you know, I, I was just about to to touch on the, on a very similar point about um some some of the, the key things that you can learn from from how you've approached this project it is you've created a vision first of all of, of what it is you want to achieve is, you know which is, is key then that vision's been clearly communicated you've assembled a team to implement that that project and and rightly so involve people that are involved in it day to day that are going to see the benefits and 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 also get that buying from them of why it needs to be used you've then broke the project into into key stages and milestones as well by saying so phase one is we're going to start with this part of the group then then once we've got that established we'll move to phase two and phase, so it's very measured and planned and and also spent time to evaluate the technology um and in terms of you've embraced the vision and you know not necessarily had to to see tangible cost saving benefits you've, you've identified what the other opportunities that this could bring about and then that's also helped you as an organization to then bring in other processes and benefits and um 
it's a real good example, you know, hence why we're here today. We all like to have a happy ending, don't we? And, and it's a real good example of being a bionic business, in, in my opinion, that you've used your technology, your people, your culture and your processes to to work smarter, work work better, work quicker, work faster. Um, and so hats off to you. It's, it's really, really impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm sure anybody listening to this hopefully will get a few takeaways from this and, and maybe be inspired as well to um, embark on a project like this themselves. And from our side, from the paperless side, and I think also Thurston, what uh, we feel it's because, well, let's face it, age and age, the, when they implemented in the initial stage, they implemented a solution that was paperless, was well tested, uh, working with, uh, with Sage for many years with uh, yeah. many users. But then they also took the risk of when we created integration with Tarsten, uh, mm. but there was the risk that they took of the integration not uh, not working as expected. Yeah, yeah, okay, and uh, from our side, we need to to thank for the the trust and uh, also for uh, letting because now Edge and Edge Group is using it to its full potential, and that means that they made the life of uh, other Tarsten users a lot easier. Roger, yeah. Matthew, thank you for making their uh, other potential clients' life <laughs> a lot easier because they won't have the same risks <laughs> that you, uh, that you you've took. led the way. You've led the way, which is you know is a great testament to your company and something to be very proud of. So I think this is a perfect opportunity to wrap up for today. Um, I've really enjoyed talking about this, uh, you know, and hope everybody listening as well has got some value out of this. And and um, if you do have any questions, uh, we'll put the contact details in the show notes for for Diago and Papers Europe. And um, of course, you can contact us as well, uh, and we'll be happy to to answer any questions. But Hope you've enjoyed the podcast, listening to this uh, episode today. And if you have, please do remember to like, comment and share and uh, and, and subscribe to the podcast as well. And if you've any ideas um, of, of things you'd like to hear on this podcast as well, then please do get in touch. So, uh, Diago, thank you very much. Roger, thank You're you. Awesome. And Anthony, thank you for being so open and, and honest with us and, and sharing your journey. Have a, have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. you Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern. If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Until then, thanks for listening.